This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your hosts, Radio Joe Hughes and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus, episode 721. This week, we welcome Lisa Rogers, Jeremy Beagle, Eric Shapiro, and Sarah Fanger for an industry update with the IAQA leadership team. Before we get started, let's thank our sponsors. They're the reason we can continue doing the show. And a shout out to our newest sponsor, BioPlanet, where health and technology meet at byoplanet.com. IAQ Radio Association sponsors are AIHA, the American Industrial Hygiene Association, at AIHA.org. IICRC, the Institute for Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification, at IICRC.org. The Restoration Industry Association, RIA, at RestorationIndustry.org. The Environmental Information Association, EIA, at EIA-USA.org. IAQ Radio Industry Sponsors are Particles Plus at ParticlesPlus.com. BioPlanet at BYOPlanet.com. And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio trivia question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnik at cs.com. Or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry to report no one answered last week's trivia question, and I apologize because it was my fault. Due to the high volume and active audience interest, I was multitasking and was unable to post the trivia question into the chat. The multi-part trivia question was based on the Davis-Bacon Act. Here's today's IAQ radio trivia question. Name the late American writer who married on this day in the state of New York. Back to you, Joe. All right. So we've got Lisa Rogers. She has served as the president of Micometer Inc., the U.S. subsidiary of a Danish-based firm since 2007, and she is the current president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. Jeremy Beagle, CIH, is a senior principal scientist at SD2 Global Inc. He is the current vice president of the Indoor Air Quality, I think first vice president, actually. And Eric Shapiro, Runs his own company, Indoor Air Quality Services, in Florida and New Jersey. He's the current treasurer of the Indoor Air Quality Association. And last but not least, Sarah Fanger, who worked in the nonprofit associations as a meeting and event planner for over a decade. She's a certified association executive who also has years of experience in disaster restoration and IAQ consulting. Sarah is the current executive director of the Indoor Air Quality Association. All right, let's let's start with Lisa. Um Lisa, membership was sent a memo late last year that IAQA was filing for bankruptcy and leaving their management company. How about a little update for our audience? Where is the association now? Are we still dealing with the bankruptcy thing? And what's the future look like? Sure. So I need to unmute myself. No, nope, you're good. Sorry about that. Um, so we're knee deep in reorganization for the IAQA. Uh, we have a lot of different fires we're putting out right now and putting the organization back together. Um, but we have very successfully uh, petitioned the court and we are on our way to re- rebuilding, re- re- yeah, redefining ourselves and, and uh, becoming whole again. When you say redefining, what, what's, the, um, what's the mission now? Well, the mission always has been about our members, um, but I feel feel like, and the board feels like, um, that in the past we haven't done as much as we would have liked to, and we were, uh, our goals for last year and the goals that continue to be this year is to support our membership, engage in with our membership, and reinvest in our membership. And with this reorganization, we will have a lot more opportunity for that reinvestment. And. Jeremy, let's let's jump over to Jeremy for a minute. You're the first vice president. I, I assume that means you'll be the next president, but I guess you can never say that for certain. Um, how has this affected membership? Has membership uh, stayed? Have they kind of stuck behind IAQA? Yeah, so far, who we've been able to hear 
uh, hear from. Uh, everybody's actually is, is supporting us. They're just looking for what's going on and how they can help. We've actually had even a lot of folks that haven't really been involved in some years that are reaching out to, you know, to do whatever they can do to help. But so far, everybody that I've talked to, it's it's been positive. Um, we're we're just trying to send a message of the reorganization and what we're trying to do. But so far, so good. And look, you know, I good. think a lot. Go ahead, Cliff. Well, now I was just going to say, I think that a lot of organizations are having the same struggles. Like today, you can get all this information on the internet, and it doesn't matter what group it is, what nonprofit. I think every one of them is really having challenges, you know, whether it's the Lions, the Kiwanis, uh, you know, any of these groups. I, I, I think it's it's pretty common. Okay, Joe. Let's go to Eric Shapiro. Eric, you're the treasurer of the Indoor Air Quality Association, and I'm, I'm curious, um, how, how do we look financially? Is, is things going to be okay? Uh, uh, definitely. Uh, we're, we're looking pretty good now. Uh, as Lisa said, the attorneys have got, you know, our uh, – past association on notice. So that that's moving along. So, so we are, and uh, we did this at the right time. And uh, we had to, uh, we just felt necessary to bring a control back in house and, uh, and, and take more hands on uh, of, of the direction of the organization. So, uh, and that's what we did. So I'm actually very happy about uh, what we did and where we're going. And I, I'd just like to add, because I have had this question um, from some members, is that it's important that our membership knows, and everyone knows, that we are continuing to collect dues. All of the dues are in IAQA's possession. Those dues are the foundation of how we're going to rebuild. They're the dues. Your dues are actually how we're being able to reinvest in, in the conference for this year. And um, But... That money is in our possession, and I think it's. A, I just want to reassure everyone that you know your dues will go to this membership and benefit. And let's let's introduce our audience to Sarah Fanger. I know you, Sarah, from the Healthy Building Summit, but uh, you're you're a little new to our audience here, and you're the new executive director. You kind of you must be. Um, Pretty confident in yourself to jump into the fire that you've jumped into here. <laughs> how's, the, how's the reaction from membership been to your new position as executive director? Uh, uh, yeah, I've had some folks ask me if that's what I really want to do. And it was really, really what I wanted to do. So I know I have a unique combination of experience with my background in association management and also in IAQ. So I don't think there's anybody else who really um, has that combination. So when I had the opportunity to use my skills to help my association, I really didn't hesitate. And your past experience as a certified association executive, what, what types of associations did you work for? Um, well, I spent a number of years at um, my local state optometric association. I also worked for an international association that was in the um, manufacturing industry in metals and materials. Uh, I've also been a member of many associations. Um, so I've, associations have been a part of my life since I was in college. And where are the headquarters now? The headquarters, because I'm here in Cleveland, Ohio, that's where the headquarters are now. Okay, great. And um, Lisa, let me go back to you. I, I noticed on the website, the only thing currently on there is is information about the conference, which is great. Um, I didn't notice anything on education or chapters, etc. What will IAQA be doing to get back in the education business if that is part of the plan? Absolutely. And that's one of our pillars of um, our organization has been education for the history of our organization. Um, it's We're rebuilding that website from the ground up. Um, we have been slowly being able to get access and regain access to some of our platform data. There still are some challenges in that, I'll be honest. Um, right now, we've been focused on being able to um, empower our website to collect dues. We've had to switch that around. Um, and also to get 
the information for the uh, conference up and registration and those kinds of things. So that, because our timeline is a little bit short there, but education uh, is a very important aspect and we're still working on getting access to that data right now. Okay, and I noticed in the chat, um, Sarah, you may want to do a private response to Brooke. I was able to get on the website the other day, um, actually yesterday, and it, it had the conference information, but you may want to respond to Brooke. And, and also, if you want to give us a phone number for people like Brooke who are interested in rejoining, paying their dues, and and uh, coming to the conference in Ponte Verde. Absolutely. So uh, as of last night, there is now a live link to register for the conference on our website. Just go to the um, annual meeting page of the website, and it's right there at the top. Um, there's also a, a uh, phone number that anyone can call if they want to reach me at the office, and that number is 877-878-4272. That's 877-878-IAQA. I'll put that in the chat also. Um, and hopefully by, um, I'm hoping by the end of today, there will be a link online to um, pay dues. There's been some technical difficulties on the back end there. But if you go to register for the conference, there is also an option in the conference registration to pay your individual member dues right there. Gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> Let me go back to the education programs. I don't know who wants to speak to this, but um, is it going to be similar to what you've had in the past? It's going to be mostly online training, or are you going to do some more live training? Um, are there any plans that you can let our audience know about? At this point, we are planning on, you know, it depends on all the recovery, I'll be honest, uh, the data that we can recover. Um, <clears throat> but we do plan to have live training events, as well as some online events. It's just I don't I really can't speak to what that's going to look like in complete uh, completely at this point in time. We should have a better idea of that, um, you know, probably in the next quarter. OK. And, and what about the chapters? I mean, I didn't notice anything on the chapters on the website. And I know I don't remember whether they were kind of like individual um with their own, you know, bank accounts and so on and so forth. Is that, uh, maybe somebody could tell us a little bit more about what's going on with the chapters. I, I can speak to that too. Um, not that I want to dominate the whole conversation here. But, um, so it, last year, that was one of our big focus on our, on our push to the board was to focus on revamping the chapter program and bringing more, uh, bringing the chapters closer to the um, IAQA national um, and internationally. Um, but also um, to be able to provide some more admin support. That mission is still in play. We just had to refocus some of our priorities um, right now and through the conference that uh, we'll probably have to keep that on hold. But as soon as the conference is over, that will be the first, the next big challenge for us to get those chapters up and going and working. And that will be with the administrative support of the IAQA. Okay. And with respect to hiring Sarah as your executive director, I've always felt like, you know, having your own executive director was the way to go. It worked for many years for IAQA in the past, unfortunately, had some glitches with that, with the, with the person that was in charge of that for many years. He did a great job for many years, and then things kind of fell apart, unfortunately. And then he went to several different uh, so we went to ASHRAE, went to um, another association management group. Um, what led to the hiring of someone like Sarah? And um, is that going to be the future of IAQA? We're going to have our own executive director. You're going to be your own group. You're not going to be using a management company. That's correct. Um, we have decided to, we feel like it was a very important uh, during this reorganization to bring the administration of the, of the association in-house um, where we have invested the staff and all will be invested in and dedicated to this organization in a full time. Uh, I think that brings more value to the members. It brings a lot more value to the board. Um, it's, it's just, um, it's been night and day since we've had Sarah on board. I'll be honest. It was the best decision. It was the right person at the right time. And, 
and it's been seamless with her integrating into the to the organization and i can't say enough good things about her at this point let's turn it over to jeremy for a minute I want, jeremy you have been involved with IAQA for quite a while now, but you've also been involved with other groups. And I'm, I'm wondering what's been your impression of um, how things are going here. I mean, you're obviously in line to, you know, you're first vice president. You may well be president someday. Where, where do you see the future of the organization? Yeah, I think it gives us this opportunity, this grassroots um, campaign to, 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 you know, reorganize. And you actually said before, Joe, there's, there's been history of you know things not working out and now it's an opportunity for us to to start over and do it from within um and then see how that goes and i and i think it will and it's also engaging membership as well we really need people to volunteer and get a part of this to rebuild education to grow chapters um and i think now we we have that opportunities and as the board stays strong you know that's where it's going to take us joe if i might segue you know, also, I've been around associations for a long time and been a member of RIA for like, like, like Pete, you know, 50 plus years. And that organization, uh, you know, when we first joined, they did administration in-house. Then they uh, went and hired different executives and, and so on and so forth. And, and even serving on the board and being a past president, you know, one of the things that I think happens in these situations is there's, there could be a tension between the board of directors and the executive director. And sometimes if you have a strong board and you have a strong-willed uh, executive director, uh, you know, they can kind of butt heads a little bit. So I think oftentimes, uh, you know, it's better to have, uh, you know, a strong board and a less aggressive executive director than it is to, you know, to have that tension. But I think, you know, RIA, you know, been both ways and, uh, you know, they tried it both ways. And I think they've had success both ways. But I think things change over time. People change over time. The the market changes over time. Your members change over time. And, you know, for you guys, it was about time. So, yeah. And I, and I think, too, you know, this does. It gives us, unfortunately, this is obviously a path we don't want to take, but um, it, it gives us a chance to, not so much start over, but make a new imprint on the association. And sometimes you might get stagnant in what you're doing. Um, so the challenge is now set forth to to do it differently and do it better. And, and Eric, and, Cliff, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, to what, and Jeremy and, and, and what you brought up. <clears throat> I may not have been on as many boards as uh, some people here, but the membership should know we've got an unbelievable board of directors. And I mean, no politics involved. Listen, as everybody knows, nobody gets compensated. We really have great people that get along with everybody. We all get along with Sarah. There's been no tension and everybody pitches in. It's been absolutely a pleasure to deal with everybody on the board. So that's one of the best I've ever, I've, I've ever seen, truly. And Eric, and I want to echo that uh, also that uh, moving as the new person in on you know in this organization, um, I haven't had any issues. But Cliff, to your point, I think it's important for uh, your board and your executive director to understand what their roles are in an organization, and they're not the same. And I do understand the role of the executive director is to implement the role of the board is to lead. And let me go back to Eric for a moment. Eric, you're the treasurer. Um, can you give us a little, some idea of, uh, are you going to make it? I mean, uh, you, it's tough financially uh, coming out, you know, you're in, you're in a bankruptcy. You're trying to work your way back through that. Um, how do things look? Uh, listen, I'm, I'm comfortable right now. I tell you that what we did, I think puts us in a better position uh, in the very near future than if we stayed where we were and we didn't uh, make the move and, and do it on our own. So that was going to be a no-win situation. And uh, we had to make changes. We had to bring it back on our control. And uh, there's no need to go into issues that we had. There's still litigation going on, but uh, it's like uh, free at last. And uh, we control our own destiny now. And uh, with the great 
support and feedback we've gotten from members. Uh, there's, it's like a rejuvenation of people wanting to be involved. And, uh, but, but really, we're in a better position being on our own right now than if we didn't do this uh, and we stayed where we were. So we're, we're, we're definitely, and as Lisa said, dues are coming in, everything's going, we're able to count the pennies. Sarah has a great handle on that. So there's not a lot of waste that uh, we don't find out about after the fact. Uh, and uh, so, so the, the ship's being run pretty tight right now, uh, which, is, which is really a good thing. I also probably want to just say that through this whole process, this was a, a really um, difficult thing that the board went through this last year. And the decision that we came to was not made uh, quickly or lightly. Or lightly. Um, there was a lot, a lot and lot of discussion that went on. And I will also say, I think it's important members know that every single person on the board was in agreement. There was never any controversy. We were all on the same page the entire time and we exhausted every avenue before we had to make this decision. But since the decision has been made, it is the best. It has been just the best and, and very smooth. So we made the right decision. I don't know who the resident historian is there, but I know I've been a member of IAQA since about 2000. Um, and I think the association, I know they were around before then. Does anybody know the uh, year that IAQA started? 1995. Okay, great. And you were around then, huh, Lisa? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I have to admit. Fortunately, I, I, yes. I, fortunately, yeah. I'm one of the original members. Yeah, she was in high school then. <laughs> well, you know, as someone who's been around over the years, we've seen our ups and downs. And um, I think it was interesting the last three or four years, there's a lot more interest in indoor air quality. It seems like this would be a great time for IAQA to um, grow itself and expand and, and, and help people with the need for better indoor air quality. Absolutely. And, and we, I guess we also plan one of our other uh, goals is to be also a resource for the public and and to get information out there so that there's not uh, a lot of misinformation being consumed by the public. So that's another one of our missions. You know, I, I think in general, it's, it's you know from my experience and my observations, and I, I'd like to uh, get your opinions as well. It seems that you know, back in the 90s, mold was the thing. It was the big thing. It was like, oh, we talked about and so on and so forth. And it just seems that, you know, perhaps it's not as big as it used to be. Perhaps the public is less interested, you know, than it used to be. Perhaps, you know, perhaps we've gotten over it. Uh, you know, I, I think certain things have changed in terms of, uh, you know, when it first started, take all these tests and now, you know, we're doing less testing and you know, so uh, what do you think? Do you think the market has changed significantly? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think there's. Yeah, I think hi, congrats, uh, So maybe in the state of Florida, where we have a lot more maybe mold problems, it might still be a little bit yep. um, prevalent. But no, I think that, like you said, even with COVID, there's just everybody has more open mind to their their general health. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's big pushes for ventilation. There's big pushes for cleanliness and. Yep towards infectious disease and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think so that's one of the unique um, things. So either I, end of February or beginning of February. You know, last week in February. Where consultants or, were contractors or laboratories were academia. And um, I think that that's where we can really be right. Sort of, um, and moving, yeah, and moving beyond mold. Mold's always going to be there. Um, there are, you know, new avenues in that with mycotoxins and things of that nature. But you know, indoor air quality is always going to be something with wildfires. That's become a more and more mm -hmm. something unique, even just beyond um, infectious disease and things like that. Well, and I think we have the opportunity to stay ahead of that, stay ahead of the industry and also bring these new concepts into the industry, whether it be instrumentation, whether it be new impacts on indoor air quality. And there's a whole climate change that's going to have a huge impact on our buildings. And the quality of the air in the buildings as well as outside the outside the buildings and we'll need to be addressing all of those issues and just staying ahead of the 
ahead of the industry. Uh, you do, go ahead, Cliff. I was just wondering, what sort of involvement do you have, you know, with, with government? Uh, do you do anything with government at all? We have in the past had a legislative platform on our website. Um, again, it's one of those pieces of the website we haven't been able to recover at this point. Um, but we hope to regain access to that and to be able to have that legislative um, platform on the for uh, as a resource. Sure. We're also thinking about um, putting up a library of documents from that our history within the organization, but also documents, peer-reviewed papers, things that, that we think are important, links to um, organizations that are doing standardization that are important, um, that kind of thing. So we we hope to have a better use of our website than we have in the past. I'd just like to get Eric's thoughts on the changing industry. I mean, I know you've done a lot of mold in the past and you you also do disaster restoration. You've done HVAC cleaning. What are you seeing in your practice? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing really uh, at the consumer level, a different kind of engagement. It's not uh, standalone, like there's a mold issue or a water issue. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a member of a gym. You go to the health food store. Uh, I really see more people that are uh, a little more concerned about, in general, a healthier lifestyle. And this is integrated in. It doesn't necessarily stand alone. So if I'm doing like any social media or post, you know, go back to, uh, you know, you and I uh, did, uh, did work many years ago with IAQA for the, uh, the Healthy Homes uh, program and everything. And I'm seeing a little bit of interest back in that direction again, you know, a more, a more holistic overall approach, you know, not just it's a mold issue, it's a this, it's a that, it, it, it's an overall and, and, uh, and believe it or not, and, and people I know that own health, uh, you know, uh, health food stores and vitamin shops and stuff, they have consumers and clients that are interested in this, but not specifically, is, oh, I have a mold issue or there's a water damage, they, this whole integration into their, into their lifestyle. How do we keep the home cleaner? You know, uh, you know, what, what, what about this? Should we get this air cleaner? What about, uh, you know, these filters? I had someone the other day ask me about UV lights, you know, but you know, the, the, the consumer's more aware and, and, and you brought up before, maybe part of it is a result uh, from what we went through with COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hey, I've got a, a couple texts about the chapters, and, and I want to read the one. Can you speak to the chapters and what communications you've had with their officers? We have, um, well, we've been in trying to be in contact with all of our membership um, and chapters included. We've had some very deep conversations with some of the chapters more than the others, I will be honest, um, but we hope to um, focus on that. Um, going forward. Okay. And Sarah, have you been able to, I, I know you've got to be like, <laughs> you've got so much <laughs> going on, trying to put a conference on and so on. But um, what, have you talked to any of the local chapters? Um, I've spoken with some of the local chapters, uh, the leaders that I know. I haven't been doing much of the outreach to chapters. Lisa has been spearheading that mostly. Um, I've been focusing on getting this conference together and some other things in the background. So I'm sure our focus is going to shift to chapters as soon as we have the, the annual meeting well in hand. Yeah, can I, if I can add to that, and I, and I saw uh, Bruce's text there, and, and we are, it's, um, we've just been, you know, ingrained in trying to get information to, to be able to bring, uh, you know, to, with the contact, so we actually, you know, have had the plan before. So obviously, we've been busy with this part of it, but yes, that's our. We talked about it this morning um, to, to get get our chapter task force back together and get that moving forward because that is an important part of what we want to do moving forward. All right, I think what we'll do is we're going to break for halftime. I got a, a a pretty long text here in the chat, and I, I definitely want to get to that when we get back. I think it's a great question. Um, let's go to halftime and uh, thank our sponsors. We'll be right back with the IAQA board and executive director.
Association sponsors are AIHA, the American Industrial Hygiene Association, at AIHA.org. IICRC, the Institute for Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification, at IICRC.org. The Restoration Industry Association, RIA, at RestorationIndustry.org. The Environmental Information Association, EIA, at EIA-USA.org. IAQ Radio Industry Sponsors are Particles Plus at ParticlesPlus.com. BioPlanet at BYOPlanet.com. All right, we'll put that, uh, we'll put the longer version in later, but uh, I want to go to this chat. It says that... um, Go scroll down a little bit. IAQA roots were training and the development of and accrediting of courses and trainers. Actually, I, I did some of that training. Some or all of the original board were actual training providers of those courses. And of course, the continuing ed for the certifications for those courses. The chapters were the primary promotion um, for the CEs. In fact, most of them would have an annual meeting, but were in fact a place to get your continuing education. That changed at least two, maybe three times. We got the AMIAQ, the ACAC, IESO, et cetera. So the bottom line is what is the future with certification courses, continuing education for the 2024 edition of IAQA? Anybody so, want to? Oh, we got to unmute them. Hi. Go ahead, Lisa. So, um, I actually agree with you, Scott, that our roots are in training and education. That was a very fundamental foundation of the of when we, IAQA was established in 1995. And it is going forward, but we need to uh, get our data back and look at what those programs that we can offer um, and how we will be able to offer them. Um, so it's hard to really commit to something like that at the moment, other than education will be a part, a very um, important part of the association going forward. You know, you know, if I may, um, you know, things change, times change. Okay. And with RIA, that was, it was education for 50 years. Okay. And then it wasn't. Okay, because other organizations kind of took chumps, chunks of that market and it, it was less viable. So, you know, what they did is they kind of switched to ad- advocating. They became the advocates for the industry, lobbying and, and, and that sort of thing. So sometimes I think you need a new set of clothes, you know, and, you know, one door closes, another door opens. So, you know, I think in the future, you'll have different opportunities and, you know, you'll segue into those. But you know, it's just the markets change. Yeah, absolutely. And and the needs of an association changes too. Um, we did um, move to a advocacy kind of program for a few years. And just in the last two or three years, we've been trying to bring that education back in-house because we feel like we can deliver the product in the way that the association needs. So, so that's uh, where we, we kind of are. But as, yeah, it's... The education platform is going to be there. Um, it's uh, it's just going to take some time. Understood. Yeah, none of this is easy. It's voluntary. No, it's not. And, and, and if I could add, Joe, you asked about the chapters. So they're going to be very integral to uh, revamping the education and getting them out more or less grassroots instead of everything being from the top. We want these chapters out there. I, I'd love to see them, if it works, uh, to, to really be you know, out there doing a lot of the training through the chapters. Uh, And with technology today, maybe a chapter on the West Coast can link in through Zoom and and things like that to a a training going on with a chapter, you know, somewhere else in the country. So so we really want to get it down and get it more out to the membership that, you know, you don't have to fly in somewhere or, 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 or drive four or five hours, you know, maybe whatever, get it out to the local level. All right, and let these chapters get involved with the training, and I think that's uh, you know going to be uh, at least one one way of uh, disseminating the education. 
I've got one more text before I want to get to the conference, and then I've got a, a text on the conference. Will IAQA adopt standards from other nonprofit organizations focused on lung and heart health and help share and distribute indoor air quality standards for people with chronic respiratory, heart disease, and allergens? Um, I, I understand that's kind of specific, but are you looking at maybe working more with, you know, the, the allergy and asthma foundations or the, you know, the, the national lung, you know, the groups that, that already are dealing with this to some degree and help get their information out. There's already a lot of great information out there. You could be like the, the collection point for it. Absolutely. We're always open to working with other organizations, but I'll be honest that right now our big focus is working on our organization yeah. and getting uh, our foundation rebuilt working with our membership to build in the programs that they need and getting the, and then working on the, on the education and the communication with, with the rest of the community. But we certainly would entreat any association that would like to work with us and feels it has a common ground with us to get in touch with either Sarah or myself, and we can revisit what we can do. Uh, but right now our focus is on the organization. Um, All right, let's go to the big, the Sarah, I, bless you. You you took on this <laughs> this conference thing um, with not a whole lot of time to turn it around. You're going to be at uh, Sawgrass Marriott Golf Resort March 24th through the 26th. I don't know when the original conference was scheduled for. I assume similar time frame. Next week. Oh, next it was week. Scheduled okay. For next week originally. <laughs> you mean you couldn't pull that off? Come on, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to pull that off. We we found a beautiful property in the Sawgrass Marriott, and they have gone out of their way to make this work. And I um, I can't tell you how impressed I am with the facility. In fact, my background today is a picture of the main conference hallway at Sawgrass because it was uh, you know beautiful, up to date. Uh, I think it's a facility that our members are really going to appreciate. The proximity to world-class golf for the golfers in the group. They have the opportunity to golf at the TPC uh, golf course. Um, we're close to uh, some some beautiful cities. It's uh, uh, about a half hour drive to um, St. Augustine. So there's a lot to do in the area, but of course we're offering sort of a compact conference this year. It's gonna be a conference that is um, a little different from what we've done in the past, both by necessity and by choice. So it's gonna be a more intimate conference and it's gonna be um, as much about listening to our members as it is about education and uh, what we're offering. So everybody who um, comes to the conference is gonna have a, talk, a chance to give their input to the board and, um, and the management of IAQA on the direction that they want to see their association take for the future. And that is true for members and for our industry partners and our sponsors and our, uh, and our exhibitors. So, All right. I see we've got Rick Stone here on here. He's with Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions. Hello, Gray Wolf. Great to see you. Um, longtime supporter of both IAQ Radio and a, a longtime supporter and exhibitor at the IAQA conference. How about uh, if you could, give uh, exhibitors, why should they sign up for the conference, Sarah? Well, that was one of the reasons I just gave you um, is we we very much value our relationships with our exhibitor partners. Um, and I know Grave Wolf has been a terrific supporter of IAQA for years. And we want their input into what they want to see IAQ grow into as well. They're not going to have that opportunity at just any meeting, but at this very intimate annual meeting, they're going to have that chance for that kind of input. Uh, and they're going to have a chance to reach the core membership of IAQA who are devoted and come to this meeting on such short notice. Um, so, well, how's really it going so far? I mean, are you are you getting exhibitors signed up? Are you going to have exhibitors? I, mean, I assume you are, but I want to make sure. Yes, yes. So that's a timely question. We we're putting the the final ink to the exhibitor prospectus. It should be out any moment now. Um, that's what I was doing just before we got on to this call, in fact. So we are going to have space for only about 30 booths. 
So it's a lot smaller and again, more intimate than what we normally have. Um, so we, if everybody who was there last year wants to come this year, we're not going to be able to accommodate that. Um, How many were there last year? I think we had about 53 last year. Oh, wow. Yes. Great. Mm -hmm. Great. Lisa, do you want to add anything? Yes. Thank you. I was just going to say is that our exhibitors are an essential part of our conference as well. Um, I think a lot of the membership comes to the conference just for the member, just to see the exhibitors, yep. interact with them, to see the new products. I, I feel like we really do want to um, engage with our exhibitors in, in a way perhaps we haven't in the past. Um, as Sarah mentioned, I think their feedback is going to be important. Um, we realize we regret with everything we are that we had to uh, switch gears on where our conference is going to be. But I will tell you with no uh, hesitation that the original location was not uh, appropriate for our membership or for our exhibitors. I think that would have been a very big mistake. And trying to switch, as you can imagine, uh, within a very short time frame, and and what Sarah has, and her team has pulled off is unbelievable. It's, it's not even been like four weeks since we were able to secure this location. This is one of the PGA golf courses. It is absolutely gorgeous up there. Um, it's you know I think everyone will have a good time, and I we're trying to we are you know building in some really important uh, meetings and and conversations so can you can somebody tell us or uh, do you have any speakers lined up do you have a keynote what's uh how we're we looking there sarah we have several speakers lined up we're not going to have a traditional keynote as we have in the past because we've got so much else that we want to get done um we we want to focus on core education and on communi communicating with our members. So uh, we're gonna have, um, of course, our annual meeting and town hall. We're also gonna have uh, some of our, um, our uh, traditional speakers. I know we have John Lapeteer, we have uh, Carl Grimes coming back to do his, um, uh, his pre-conference workshop that he did last year. I attended it last year, it was amazing. And um, we have Todd Usher coming to talk about uh, building science. We, we have a host of other speakers whose names aren't coming to me right now, but we'll have that program together and out in the next couple of weeks. I tell you what, Todd Usher alone is worth going to see. Um, I've done a lot with Todd over the years. He's a, a fantastic builder, but he's also a PhD at Clemson. Um, and he's, he's focused on building science and he is very, very interested in and does a lot with his homes that is related to indoor air quality. Everything he does is based on building science and indoor air quality. So if you get a chance to see Todd speak, I highly recommend it. He's, he's excellent, excellent, uh, excellent speaker. All right, Cliff, I want to make sure you get a chance to jump in if you have anything. Um, not really, a, not really so much a question, but uh, perhaps a suggestion. And um, you know, my view from from thirty thousand feet is this educational thing that 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 people want. I have a different twist on it. And if you you look at all the people that are in your chapter, and I think one of the things that they need to do is that they need to they need business, they need uh, better relationships with people they need new relationships with people it would seem to me that if you created some basic information on indoor air quality and how to improve indoor air quality your members could deliver this to grassroots groups in their areas you know you know churches uh, rotary clubs uh, real estate companies you know, you know, so on and so forth. And I think what happens is that they're going to create membership. They're going to, they're going to create relationships. Uh, you know, it's a whole lot easier probably to create that type of product than it is to, you know, try to, because you, you're the first and only people that are really doing that rather than trying to, you know, build some sort of certification program from the ground up, which takes a whole lot of time. And 
so on and so forth. So I think something like that might be uh, of interest. Uh, you know, that's a great idea. You know, to your, to your people. Let's um, before we go to the roundup. I wanted to give Sarah a chance. Um, who else has been helping you? I, I, it's always great to thank people. I don't know if you have any staff yet, but volunteers. Who's been helping you with uh, setting up the conference? Um, well, of course, we have the, our conference committee um, and our uh, our co-chairs of the conference committee, Stanley Yaskalski and Martin Schwan, have been doing a lot of work. Members of the board have done a lot of work to assist with the conference. Um, I know Jay Stake has looked into a lot of issues for me. If I throw in an uh, issue to Jay to work on, he's back to me in no time. Um, I do have one part-time assistant currently. Uh, my, uh, my assistant's name is Donna Flinker. Uh, I'm sorry, Donna Lawrence. And um, she has been invaluable in getting some of this work done in such a quick turnaround. Uh, so she was somebody who volunteered to help at first, and then we were able to bring her on part-time. Okay, let's go to the roundup. All right, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that most of you are joining us from the winter break. Pete Consigli, the Restoration Global Watchdogs winter break in uh, in South, would that be Southwest Florida? Uh, Pete, come on in. Yeah, so I'm just hanging out with Cliff. I, I've been, was on the iPad, listen, most I was in and out because yeah, I had to manage the lunch and all that. See them, we're all moisture up and all. Um, <laughs> So listen, I'm so happy, you know, so I told Lisa and Jeremy and all the leadership that, you know, you, Cliff, me, we're all Hall of Fame with the IAQA. And so I feel we had like an, uh, an obligation to try to help them, you know, yep. wherever we go. So, you know, I appreciate all the leadership they've done. I saw that Jay and Greg, a bunch of guys are on the call, which is great. Sarah, good luck with all the new stuff. If you ever need anything, you know, you know, you can call the Z-Man Radio Joe for the Global Watchdog. Uh, but no help though, if it has anything to do with the Indians or the Browns, because we know we have other rooting interests. Other than that, you know, that's okay. Uh, I'm a 49er fan, so I don't tell you who I'm rooting for the Super Bowl. Um, I, uh, the one thing, and Lisa, we were talking about this earlier, it kind of resonated with me. I'm trying to remember what the heck it was. I, I should have wrote it down. Um, but oh, and Cliff was talking about the associations, how they go through a lot of, you know, reincarnations over the years, REA, all, all associations do. You just keep in mind to remember why people come to associations in the first place. And this comes from our friend Steve Miller back in the 90s and Chuck Rumbarger when he did some presentation. People come to associations to associate, to do the, together what you can't do alone. That's the purpose. And the two main functions, in my opinion, is education is number one, which we talked about, because that's what gets people to come. If you have good content and good speakers who know what they're talking about, people will come. And then that then lends to the networking, which allows them to, uh, to make friends and, uh, you know, build their businesses and create lifelong relationships under the associations. So, you know, so, you know, this going through these changes, all the associations have done it over the years. And some, you know, I remember Ellen Amerkin, who was a friend of ours. Uh, she was the president of uh, ASCR before he rebranded in 1995. And I remember her presidential speech. She's she's one of the leading authorities in the world in Oriental Rugs. She could tell you what village, where it was, who made it, the family. So she was the president one year. And she's got the text twang. She's from Dallas. And she's a woman not to be messed with, by the way. <laughs> and what happened is um, she got up there and she started and she said she learned in life from an old gypsy woman that she grew up with. And she said, Ellen, you know, she says, Sometimes you have the good days and other times you have the bad days. It's just life the way it is. But when she said it with her little text tag and stuff like that, had us all kind of cracking up and that that's where we are. When I'm listening to you, to well, certainly to Jeremy, Eric and Lisa, I'm thinking that's it. And we've experienced, you know, the ups and downs and the peaks and the valleys through the 50 years that, you know, Cliff and me, you know, beside Marty King, Cliff, me with the three honorary members of the lifetime members, that's, something which is the equivalent of the hall of fame because that's you know a very prestigious thing it's like being an ashray fellow 
And uh, what's the equivalent in AIHA? Do they have anything like that? Yeah, they have fellows. Yeah, I, I think, think I'd rather be a good fellow than a good Yeah. Fellow. <laughs> right. You know. But anyway, so, uh, you know, I, I wish them all the best of luck. There's anything that we can do. You know, we have a lot of the leadership. So Andy Ask is here at the event. John Lapiterre. I was trying to get Don Weeks used. I got wanted you to come down and go visit your buddy Andy and Cape Coral, Don. Then we, we could have had like a past president's, you know, little party here of all the IEQA people. And uh, anyway, so, you know, just like I said, good luck. We'll be here to help in any way that we can. And I don't know whether I'll be able to come up to Jacksonville. I'm not sure where it's at, but that's, that's a nice uh, resort and area where you're coming. And, and Jay, you were going to come to the winter break, but I know you're busy. There's a lot going on. But I will tell you, Mr. Jay, even though you're not physically here, you're here in spirit. You're always here in spirit. And he handled the IAQA. When he had that suit with the IAQA with Brendan <laughs> and he came to the winter break. I mean, they're still talking about that. They're talking about a commitment. You know, the only thing, the only greater commitment than that is the Hells Angels where they put somebody's company logo in their body forever. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, so I'll have to clip them around the horn. Last words, Joe, and the you're doing it a week. We're going to have the highlight show with all the talking points from winter break. Cliff has the whole week to do it. We're going to call in. I think Isaacson, Cliff, me, and I'll be with Ashley, actually Jacksonville in a visit. That means he has to the following Wednesday to get the blog out. He's got 10 days because he got to get the IQA blog out now. Then we move to the winter break. And uh, anyway, there you go. Next Friday at noon. Thank you, Pete. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. All right. I got another text. I think this is a good point. Uh, I was trying to word this myself, and, and Scott did it for me. This industry, environmental health, has a huge amount of conflicting information. You pick a topic, and you'll find some alternative medicine or some product promotion, marketing uh, bad science and no science. How can IAQA distinguish themselves in this miasma of information overload? Well, I think that we differentiate ourselves just by picking topics and picking the appropriate information and presenting it in a way that has that's science-based, but also is in a terms that laymen and, and the public can understand. Um, I think we do it with the authority and, and with the membership, which is pretty auspicious in IAQA. We have some of the best of the best, um, our Hall of Famers, obviously, uh, but we have a lot of, of people here who can put that information out. And, and we will be, you know, sending out, um, we have often in the past uh, couple of years, we have um, articles, you know, journals and and magazines and the media come to us for responses on different issues that are indoor air quality. And so we just have to stay true to ourselves and stay true to the good science. And if I can add to that too, again, this goes to the opportunity of rebranding and reorganizing is that again, membership can help us with this. Um, going to committees, uh, make this stuff happen. Again, we're doing what we can at the moment, but we're gonna get through this and we're gonna be free flowing again. And we'll be able to start these types of initiatives, but it starts with membership as well. Um, joining these committees and getting your voice heard. And who's ever coming to the conference, when we have our round tables, our, our open discussion, this is very important, we wanna hear from you there. This is extremely important. We need your uh, your your feedback, your, in, your, your input. Yes. You, you know, know there's, there's some great comments coming in and we'll capture those. Cliff, go ahead. No, you know, what I wanted to say is, you know, I, I don't disagree with Scott. There, There is a lot of conflicting information, but there's indisputable yes. information as well. And, you know, I think maybe you, you look at the, the healthy homes people uh, in Kansas City, you know, those those mm -hmm. eight things, you know, keep it dry and uh, you know, keep it pest free. And uh, that'll be the doctor Miner. Pardon me? Dr. Miner, what he said. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, there's things that are that are undisputable, and I think that mm -hmm. it's a perfect opportunity because a lot of people haven't heard that, and you can be the messengers to deliver it. It's simple little brochure, you give it to them. I, I think it'll help you. I think it'll help. The nice thing is it helps the the consumers that get the information because they didn't have it. It helps you guys as presenters. It helps everybody. It's yes. a positive Agreed. thing. Yeah. 
All right, let's go around the horn real quick. Uh, you can either make a final comment on IAQA or tell us something you picked up here while you're at the winter break. Let's start with Lisa. Um, well, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity um, to Joe and Cliff. I mean, this is wonderful. I want to say to our membership and those who aren't our members, IAQA is coming back. We are back. We are going to be strong and we want you to be part of the team to rebuild the organization come to our conference. I think it's going to be a great, a great event. You know, the conference sounds like it's a reunion of sorts. And I, I think that'll help bring a lot of people in. It is. Let's Definitely. go to Jeremy. Jeremy, final thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything Lisa said. So I'm going to switch it to winter break we're at now where the theme really was, was confidence, confidence in, in the industries and conversations, even from the presentations that have been had to conversations um, throughout the evening last night is, you know, we we see this, there is a lack of confidence by professionals, whether you're a restoration contractor, consultant, whatever it may be. And it's, we just need to figure out a way, has different associations, organizations is to, is to try to figure out ways for accountability and to, you know, talk about this, the science that is that is disputable um, and things like that. So, but that's, you know, what, that's been the theme of this conference and it's been um, stated very well and from a variety of different ways. Jeremy, you, you kind of um, jogged my memory here on a, on a text I, or a, a chat I saw a little earlier, and I think it's an important point. Who will be the point person now for working with other organizations like not long ago, AIHA and IAQA put out a um, indoor environmentalist kind of like, you know, what an indoor environmentalist should know and be able to do. Who's going to be the point person. So we've got other organizations that listen and keep track of what we're doing here at IAQ radio. Who should they talk to? Yeah. I mean, right. We do have our allied industry partners. Again, that's something we need to get picked back up with. Um, Jay has been the liaison for that. Jay um, Stake. Jay Stake moving forward. Um, but yeah, and we we've had opportunities and have joined with um, various um, organizations and whatnot over the last couple of years. And you know, I think it's bring it to the board, bring it to Sarah, um, and then at least from the AIP is with Jay Stake as being our liaison for now. We keep moving forward with that. And if anybody needs to know how to get a hold of Jay, just text me or send me a message at joe.hughes at iaqtraining.com. We'll definitely get you in touch with him. And Eric, let's get your final thoughts either on IAQA or the winter so, break. Joe, uh, I'll speak as uh, being the treasurer. You, Everybody's heard the old adage, no pain, no gain. Uh, if you were privy and everybody, uh, you know, saw what we had to deal with uh, in the past, uh, Believe me, where we are right now is a gain. The The future looks good. I'm not, you know, pulling any any punches. Uh, th there, there's a little pain, but, you know, through that you grow. And uh, and I'm, I'm very, very optimistic, uh, especially with the board. I want all uh, people listening, membership to know uh, you've, you've got some good people at the helm here. And uh, we're, we're going in the right direction. But while we're at it, um, who else is on the board currently? Okay. <laughs> so, um, in addition, we have um, Stanley, and I never say his name right. Yes, Kowski. Yes, yes, I don't. I always put too many letters in there. Um, Martin Schwan, uh, Luke uh, uh, Van, Ond Van Oldenburg, um, let's see, Dave Luce, Dennis French. Um, Evie Sims from Australia, um, yeah, Doug Conan, and uh, Greg Long. I'm is that him? Missing anybody? I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, all right, and let me let me finish with you, Sarah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say we have 12 members on the board. 12 members. All right, and Sarah, I want to finish with you. We've introduced you now to the audience. They know who you are. We've known who you are for a while. Uh, what are your final thoughts on IAQA? Well, I have never had the privilege of being involved in an organization at such a pivotal and exciting time. And it has been, uh, it's been fantastic. And I'm really excited about the future of IAQA and where we're going and where 
I'm going to be able to to help bring it. So I don't and, I don't see any downside. I think we're we're uh, making great progress, and we're going to be so much further along in just a very short period of time. And what's your email for people that want to contact you? They can contact me at Sarah Fanger at IAQA.org. That's S-A-R-A-H-F-A-N-G-E-R at IAQA.org. Fantastic. I want to thank all of you for joining us here this week. Cliff, any final thoughts or questions? No, Joe, thanks. Very good. You all get back to the winter break there. Enjoy yourselves, and uh, I look forward to seeing all of you soon. This is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks to this week's guests. We had... Lisa Rogers, Jeremy Beagle, Eric Shapiro, and Sarah Fanger. I also want to thank my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick, Grayson, Gone Fish and Fisher at the controls, and the Restoration Industries Global Watchdog, Pete Consigli. Most importantly, our sponsors and our loyal audience will be back next Friday. As Pete mentioned, we're going to do a roundup of the 2024 winter break and talk to the moisture mob and uh, really get some solid science on moisture monitoring and uh, moisture-related issues. So we look forward to seeing you all back here next Friday at noon with the next episode of IAQ Radio Plus. For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Real saying thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.